0: Now you're invited to get out your uh, Bible or open your Bible app for today's reading. Um, There are extra Bibles in the back, or if you look behind the chairs, you'll see that there's a Bible there also, and they're free for your taking, so I'll just give you a second to get your your app, your Bible. And today's um, scripture will come from the gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. It reads, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I will go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will also take you to myself, so that I am where I am, and there you be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to
1: Thank you, Sarah. If you are interested in reading scripture and leading the call to worship as Sarah has done this morning, let me know. We have a rotation going, and anyone is welcome to participate. I'd be happy to add you to that list. I invite you all now to take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Several years ago now, when my oldest nephew, about nine or ten years old, he asked me to run a race with him to raise money. For clean water. So I agreed and the morning of the race was a beautiful day. The weather was great and we began running together and we found a good pace and we were enjoying ourselves and we were following the spray-painted arrows on the ground so that we knew which way we needed to go. And then we looked up and we realized that some of the runners who had been ahead of us were now coming back not as They had turned around, but as if they had found some sort of secret shortcut and popped out on the other side. We were a bit confused, and then we realized we had missed a turn. We were lost. We didn't know how to finish the race. We can sometimes make great adventure out of the right circumstances, but truly being lost is a scary experience. We want to know the way, and when we don't know the way, it's troubling. In the passage that Sarah just read from the Gospel of John this morning, the disciples are feeling troubled because Jesus had begun to talk about a time when he would no longer be with them. This conversation is taking place at the Passover table in the upper room in what John presents as a farewell conversation. This is found in chapters 14 through 17 in the Gospel of John. Now, at this Jesus has already washed the feet of his friends. They've already eaten together, and he's already predicted his betrayal by Judas and his denial by Peter. So can you imagine the atmosphere in the room at this point? Jesus has washed the feet of his friends. They have shared a meal together, and then he looks at them, his closest friends, and he says, one of you... Turn me over to the authorities, and one of you will deny even knowing me. It is in this conversation that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's the sixth such statement that we have been considering in our sermon series, I Am Seeing Life Through Stained Glass, because six of our stained glass windows here in the back of the sanctuary hold these statements, these statements of identity that Jesus makes only in the Gospel of John. So far, we have talked about Jesus as the bread of life, the light of the world, the gate, the good shepherd, and the resurrection, and the life. And that brings us to today's statement in chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, or the light, as some translations say, and as it says in our window. Jesus begins this section with encouragement. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Well, no one says that if hearts are aren't already troubled remember his friends are beginning to realize that something is coming for Jesus that will take him away from them and that at least to some degree that destruction is coming from within their group from within themselves things are falling apart Jesus is saying goodbye and they're feeling lost And so Jesus says to everyone but Judas, because he had already left to play his part, do not let your hearts be troubled. Let's read it again together. If you still have your Bibles open to John 14, Bible apps that works as well. John 14, let's look at verses 1 through 4 again, and I will read those. Are you with me? Do you have your text ready? Do not hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way. Do not let your hearts be troubled, he says, but their hearts were already troubled. In those days, the heart and the eyes were considered to be the zone of emotional connection and feeling, rolling in the will and the intellect and personality and judgment and all feeling all into one. The mouth and the ears, they covered the communication, the listening and the responding, especially when communication was self-expressive or self-feeling. The third zone consisted of the hands and the feet, serving as the center of action and interaction with people and the environment. So, in this goodbye message before his crucifixion, Jesus is appealing to the heart of the matter quite literally, and he's grounding his words in the wisdom of the Proverbs. A heart at peace is life to the body, but envy rots the bones. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit a cheerful heart is good medication but a crushed spirit dries up the bones it is a happy cheerful heart at peace that enables followers to love as jesus commanded this is what make it, this is what makes loving god with all of our hearts so important because jesus knew that our hearts would be troubled why else would he even address it The point is that when our hearts are troubled, we know the steps we need to take back to peace of mind. It's right there in verse one of our passage for today. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Believing is about more than what we think. It has nothing to do with blind trust. To believe is to behave as if something is true to a our thoughts and our actions, and in this case, believing in Jesus, particularly in Jesus as God, creates a culture, It creates a community, because Jesus came into the world the way he did as a vulnerable baby human, to reveal God's presence and work in the world in a very specific way, through interdependent relationships. As we come to believe in Jesus, we come to understand ourselves and our own purposes better. We connect not just to a way of living, but to a way of life with other people, with other human beings for whom Jesus also came to show the way. And then we realize that we belong. To belong is to be an accepted member of a group, and this is a basic human emotional need. So believing, if done right, it leads to belonging, or at least it allows us to realize that we have belonged all along. We belong to God and we belong to each other. We dwell together. And that's why Jesus uses imagery of rooms in a house, of dwelling places. He describes these dwelling places not only to represent what it means to belong, but also to raise the issue of trust, I would not say it if it weren't true, he says in verse 3. And that means if I'm going for this purpose, I will return for you, and we will be together again. And what's more than that, he says, you know the way. You know the way. Here enters Thomas the twin. Now, you probably remember Thomas from a story later in the Gospel John, when Jesus has died and has been raised again, and he is before the disciples, and when he appears the first time, Thomas isn't there. So Thomas says, if I see him, I'm going to need proof, and that's what Jesus offers him. So it's the same Thomas that's asking questions, asking for direction here in this text. We don't know where you're going, he says, so how could we know the way? How can we know the way? Throughout Christian history, this friend of Jesus has been unfortunately known as doubting Thomas. But it's human nature to feel left out, or at least to feel not fully included, and to want some reassurances. Bless Thomas, he serves as a representative of our own uncertainty and our own doubt, and doubt, and uncertainty, even a feeling of being lost, they are a natural part of faith, regardless of what anyone else may tell you. Our hearts, they do become troubled when we don't know what to believe, or we don't know where we belong, when we don't know the way. So Thomas gives this confession of worry which gives Jesus the chance to clarify the message. So let's look at verses 5 through 7 again. I hope you still have your Bibles open. I don't, but I know where it is. Here we go. Let's read verses 5 through 7 again from 14. Now Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where we are going, How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. So the word know had many meanings in the culture of Jesus. To know could refer to acknowledging a legal matter, a legal decision. It also referred to the introduction of acquaintances or mutual friends, and to physical intimacy between spouses. But when Jesus says the disciples know God, he's speaking about the nature of the divine human relationship. Our part of knowing God is believing, is trusting in God's character. And in the letter of 1 John, God is described as love itself. God is love. The writer says anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This claim aligns very much with the teachings of Jesus who describes the greatest commandment as loving God and loving neighbor. To love, in fact, with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength. Simply put, to know God is to love God and to love others. But simple is not necessarily easy. Jesus knew that we would have trouble loving, especially when our hearts are troubled. So he came not to interpret the law for us, but to show us the way, to be the way of love. Because the path for us intertwines with so many others, like these strings here. I'm gonna need a couple of volunteers. Any age, this would be a great opportunity for young people to get involved, children, youth, any age. Yes, Shannon, come on up. Natalie, you can come up, Owen, oh, you can come up. Okay, three, that's good. Any, oh, Laney, okay, very good. Hey, it's a, it's a Morningstar advertisement, I love it. Okay, Laney. Why don't you very carefully take this string and follow to where it goes. Walk up to where it goes. What is it connected to? Keep pulling. Keep pulling. There you go. What is it connected to? It's not that one. Try this one. A glue stick. A glue stick. Laney found a glue stick. Very good, Laney. All right. Owen, why don't you pick another string? Let's get the glue stick out of there. What does that one go to? The Sharpie, a marker. Yes, absolutely. Okay, very good. Natalie, why don't you pick up another one? Follow it, follow it. Yep, untangle it here. Where does that one go? To the Bible. Bible. Yep, absolutely. Okay, Mara and Lainey, why don't you... No, Mara, you've already done one, haven't you? Okay. Mara, Mara, why don't you take this one free, and then Shannon will get the last one. Go ahead, Shannon, grab the last one. Where does that one go, Mara? Where does it go? Follow it all the way to the top. Where does it go? Flowers. That's right. And Shannon, what do you have? Sidewalk chalk. That's right. So let me ask you a question before you go. How many of these strings connect to the Bible? So does this one get you to the Bible? No. What about this one? No. What about the other two? No. no, but this one, right? So there are many paths, and they all lead to really good things, right? But the one leads to the thing that really helps us know God and follow Jesus, the Holy Bible. That's right. Thank you all so much. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> Shannon, you can stay and finish the sermon if you want. No? Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. All of those paths lead to great things, but only one leads to the thing that we need to know God. Only one of them keeps us connected to the way of love that is embodied in Jesus. Friends, life presents us with many paths to follow. Hi, Olivia. You can talk when I'm finished, okay? I'm going to finish this. All right. Life presents us with many paths to follow, and many of them lead to really great things. But we can be running along without a care in the world and look up and realize that we have made a wrong turn, that we don't know the way to the finish line, that we don't know the right direction, and that we're lost. When my nephew and I made that realization, we stopped and we took a deep breath. We asked a fellow runner, someone on the path with us, directions. And then we found our way back to the finish line. Now, we ran a couple of extra miles in the process, but we did so in good spirits and in good company because we trusted that the path had never changed. We were the ones who had deviated from it. And finding the way again, it felt like coming home. So my prayer for us today and the charge that we have to keep is that when we feel lost, we will remember that we know the truth, that God is love, and that Jesus shows us the way to love, the only way to rich and abundant life. Amen? Amen. We're going to pray now. Can you help me pray? Before we do that, I want to send a message from Sue and Steve Georgie, who I'm sure you are missing over the past several weeks. They have had COVID, and Steve wrote a beautiful message that I'll need to share with you later, but they want to thank you for your prayers and for your notes and for all the ways that you have supported them. They are recovering. They will be back with us soon. So I invite you to take a deep breath. And kids, you can hold your wooden crosses as we remember that God is with us, that we are connected to God and with each other. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you gave us Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Open our eyes to see the love that you have for each of us. Give us the courage to let that love transform us. As we do our best to walk the way that you have laid out for us, help us when we struggle to love those around us. May we encounter the truth and the life that service brings us as we serve and let ourselves be served in love. In your name we pray. Amen.